0: and As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and in godly things.
1: If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh oh. Uh oh.
0: Erin <laughs> Addison's.
1: On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B and J Mac are on tap to help us navigate the show. Uh, We will open the phone lines up in the last segment, get your take on some of what we're discussing today. Um, Our aim is always to encourage and equip the body of Christ and to remind us that we have the authoritative word of God to govern the way we live and the way we engage a culture that Mm -hmm. is hostile to truth and hostile to us uh, by extension. Um, And so today we're going to do the same thing. There's one thing that I just woke up really kind of troubled about. And thinking about. And I, I believe that even as I was just kind of getting my day started, um, that the Holy Spirit was just reminding me of where the battle lines are mm. and where the attacks are in our culture. And we we talk about this quite often, and so today is not going to be all that different, but very specifically, I want to um ask the question that um that Jesus asks of his disciples. Um and I, I want to look at Mark and then look at some stories to kind of tie in, which is usually the way that we do things here. Um, but the question that he asked was, but who do you say that I am? Mm-hmm. But who do you say that I am? And it almost kind of starts with like a like a seeming objection, right? So it kind of um, kind of clues you in that there's been a statement and then there's an additional response. And I think we should take a look at that. But one of the things that I'm really troubled about um as we look at what's going on um in a post-row america which sounds really amazing to say like it's just i you know as often as you can say that that is just something amazing to even acknowledge but um in a post-row america uh looking at a supreme court that uh, I, I don't know has has been winning <laughs> I, I don't i mean it's just been amazing <laughs> to to read and to see what's ha- i I don't even really know how to process all that is happening spiritually. I think our teaching pastor Abraham really kind of um, conceptual I don't know if conceptualizes the right word. Um, contextualized what's happening in our country and the glory of God filling the earth. And so much. So you look at what's going on um, that man, you know, increasingly is without excuse, right? Mm-hmm, like there is a mm-hmm. witness that is happening um, in the earth, but, the question that I that I want to to kind of lay out for us to discuss is whether or not it matters more or less or the same what we say about Christ versus what the world is saying. Mm. Right. Yeah. Because there is this interesting exchange in Mark. And you could also look at the exchange in Matthew. But I want to look at the one in in Mark, chapter eight. And uh, let's see, I want to look at, uh, start at verse 27. And then I just want to think about this and then, and I'll tell you where I'm going with this uh, eventually as, as we tie in some of the the current event stories that, um, that I think we should be more concerned about. All of the stories matter. Please nobody hear me saying that because of what's not, you know, on the plate today, that it doesn't matter. It's just not on the plate today, right? It does matter. But I think there's something that we need to uniquely sort of like um, kind of key in on when we look at what's going on among Christians. And I think that is what is it that Christians are saying about um, decisions and not just decisions. I, I, I'm, you know, I want to find a way to make sure that we're able to expand this discussion. But I would say on the topics that are of eternal significance, mm-hmm. what is it that Christians are saying? Because there's something that's entrusted to us and and something seems almost sort of like a downgraded way of saying that there's got to be a more um, reverent way to say that. Let me just let me start again. The name of God has been entrusted to us. We who bear His name, mm-hmm. we are carrying His name. in every generation that we exist, right? We are lifting up the name of Jesus Christ. So we become His witnesses, and we testify of who He is. and this this testimony or this testifying happens um in the way that we live and in the words that we say. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that i'm I'm looking at, and I'm incredibly troubled by, and i've I've been troubled by it for a long time, <laughs> which is why I usually, usually drop the ax harder on those who call themselves Christians mm-hmm. when they say things in agreement with the world, when the world should not be agreed with. There are those right. times that are right. very scary times. They're very scary. <laughs> let, me, let me just say, okay, so there are times that you're going to agree with something that somebody is saying who is not a believer. Mm-hmm. You should be very shocked by that. and <laughs> right. And, and hope. it's not the norm that it doesn't happen again, you know, <laughs> but what do they say about a clock that's unplugged? It's right twice a day, right? So so that you have that going for you. But the, the the most concerning thing or the more concerning thing is that you've got a lot of Christians who are saying things that you would expect to come from the world. Right. And I think these are the things that we need to kind of zero in on more than anything else. Mm. And why is that? Because I think in the asking of the question, but who do you say that I am? I think that Jesus is making the point that it is of eternal significance and of utmost importance of what his followers say about who he yeah. is. Yeah. So I was thinking about our brother's call uh, yesterday, um, the, the, the call that ended the show, right. and he was talking about what he observed at church. And he alluded to a lot. If you were listening and, and you were really dialed in, he actually alluded to a lot that would suggest off the railness. <laughs> okay, he really did, and um, and and among those things was sort of like this, you know, if I'm I'm gonna paraphrase here, was this indifference to the Supreme Court's decision on Roe, right? And he was specifically kind of trying to see, like, okay, so so where's my church? Like, what what are we gonna be saying? And and I don't think. That Well, I know he's not, just based on the comments that have come from the denominations. So you've got statements coming from denominations on Roe, and some of those statements are mourning the overturning of Roe in America, coming from Christian denominations, large Christian denominations. This is incredibly concerning, and it shouldn't be something that we overlook. And, and I'm going to say this. You guys know, you listen to us for a long time, we have been staunch advocates for boldness. This is this is probably one of the largest <laughs> requirements um, of the Christian and, and praise God that it is the gift. It is a, a gift of the spirit boldness that you receive boldness, right, to be able to tell the truth. And it's almost as if the Lord knew that we would need that boldness mm-hmm. to be able to say things right. that people don't want to hear. To be able to to, to, to tell people, yeah, actually, no, that, that is wrong. <laughs> there is right and there is wrong and that's wrong. It requires boldness, right? And so today for the Christian, we've got to be bold even among, or let me say it this way, because this is the point that I'm making, especially among those who say that they're wearing the same name that we wear. Mm. Mm. I want you to think about that for a second. <laughs> it's... It, You know, we look at those who are in the world and um, and we're like, man, those people are crazy. And there's a certain sort of like dismissiveness that we can have, like we can just, you know, we're I mean, that's just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But some of the opinions that are coming or the commentary that's coming from the people who are in the world is also coming from people who are in the church. Right. And so what what I'm suggesting very and this is very (laughs) troubling. I'm going to read to you. I'm going to read to you a post Uh that was uh, posted (laughs) on June 26th is in the wake of Roe by a pastor, by a pastor Mm -hmm. who who wrote his response to um, the Supreme Court's decision on Roe. He describes himself as a writer, a pastor and an activist from Wake Forest, North Carolina, a 25 year veteran in the trenches of local church ministry. Also says that he's, he's committed to equality, diversity, and justice. So that may be a little bit of give. people are like, oh, wait, hold on a second. I know. I felt like it would be dishonest yeah, if I away. kept that back. Because now you're, you're, you're bracing for it. All before that, you were like, oh, no. Oh, no. And then I read that and you were like, oh, well, come on, Mickey. What do you, what do you expect? Yeah, no, no. Right. And you're right. You're right. But can I tell you that there are a lot of people who don't know that they should be on guard when they see certain buzzwords? They don't know. And so what they see is Christian. Or what they see is pastor. And then they begin to question their allegiance to the scriptures. They begin to, qu- to question their allegiance to Christ. So what I'm saying is that we've got to stand up. We've got to be loud. We've got to be bold. And we've got to tell the truth about who Jesus Christ is because it matters. And the reason I chose um, Mark's account of the question of, but who do you say that I am? Is because in Mark's account, um, Peter actually tries to persuade Jesus that he's not going to the cross.
0: Yeah. That didn't go too well.
1: (laughs) You know, I mean, I think there's like, there's, you know what I mean? Like on a scale of like one to 10, you know, 10 being, this is the reason I'm sent. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) Peter's interruption, like his, his pulling, his pulling the Messiah aside, excuse me. Can we sidebar over here? Jesus. Uh, So listen, here's how it's going down. You're not going to the cross. What's amazing, as you read Mark's account, it's like, OK, so Jesus looks over and sees the other disciples and is like, OK, listen, you listen. Right. <laughs> here's how this is going down. This is the reason I came here. Yeah. OK, this is why I'm here. But there's an, there's another interesting um, sort of I don't want to say dimension because that sounds really flu But but there's a there the details of this account are very interesting. And if you would, I'd like to read it before we go to break. And then I want to come back and I want to have a conversation around this, because here's here's the deal. And and I know the more I talk, the more we're not going to get to it. But here's the deal: Can I tell you something? <laughs> I don't need to be a pastor to understand how to navigate God's holy word. Amen. God's desire is that His word would yes. be accessible to all of His followers, and
0: that's why we have the Spirit.
1: <laughs> Guys, I'm going to tell you when when people say, because because you know I've I've heard people say, well, why do you talk about those issues the way you talk about those issues? You're not a pastor, I'm sorry
3: what'm
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, what? so now the regular followers of Jesus Christ should not know how to use the Word of God in defense of truth so oh, sh- sh- yeah, okay, yeah. this is a part of why we had the Reformation, guys
3: <laughs> right
1: guys i'm sorry i i i, right. I, I don't I don't want to take us back to like fifteen seventeen, <laughs> you know what I mean but that's uh, that's that's one of the reasons why we had the Reformation. <laughs> Because rightly so, everyone should be reading the word of God and Mm. applying the truth of the word of God to their daily life. Like if we say, well, it's only for the minister or it's only for the pastor, the teacher, then this is why we have such biblical illiteracy among us. Mm. Because there are people who are like, well, why do you care so much about that? You're not a pastor. I'm a follower of Christ. Come on. How could I not care? His Mm. name is on the line. Okay. So now, Mark. (laughs) Chapter eight, I'm going to start at verse 27. Uh, Jesus went out along with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, he questioned his disciples, saying to them, who do people say that I am? They told him, saying, John the Baptist and others say Elijah, but others, one of the prophets. And he continued by questioning them. But who do you say that I am? Peter answered and said to him, you are the Christ. And he warned them to tell no one about him. And he began to teach them that the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed. And after three days, rise again. Verse 32. And he was stating the matter plainly. And as he was stating the matter plainly, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Can you <laughs> <read> that? <laughs> Guys, this is how we train our children. We want them to understand That the word of God is not a dusty, stuffy book that you read, Mm -hmm. but it is the living word of God that God is telling us who he is. So you stop at this point. If you're, if you're sharing this story with your children or with your grandchildren and you say, can you imagine the savior of the world being, being pulled aside by one of his disciples, by the way, one whom he has called and, and being rebuked. Okay. Okay. Nevertheless, it happened. Verse yes. 33. But turning around and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter. He rebuked Peter and said, get behind me, mm. Satan. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to have to pick this up on the other side of the break. I can hear the music. And and I know how I read the Bible. So I know, I know that I'm mm-hmm. not going to just, you know, for you are not setting your mind on God's interests, mm. but man's. Mm. I always love the people who are like, you're really just too hard on the Christians. <laughs> Here's Jesus. Get behind me, Satan. Mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah, we should be nicer. All right, let's grab the break. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back.
0: Brings joy in my sadness. <laughs> Peace in the time of storm.
3: me
1: from my and you Welcome back to Ernie Addison on American Family Radio. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Niki.
0: And I'm Will. That's the Walls Group. All my praise goes to you.
1: And the question is, but who do you say that I am? But who do you say that I am? And the point that I'm arguing today is that it matters way more what we as professing Christians say about Jesus Christ, both in the way we live, um, what, what our convictions are how we engage culture and the words that come out of our mouth with regard to who Jesus is. All of, all of this matters. (laughs) All of it is important. And Jesus asked this very pointed question, but who do you say that I am? So (laughs) these people are saying this and these people are doing that, but you, my followers, who do you say that I am? And I'm telling you in, in the weeks ahead, as we continue to process um, the information that's coming from everyone who's commenting on Supreme Court decisions in this country I think there are some things that are going to really come into focus that's going to call into question the person who is purportedly bearing the name of Christ mm. and 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 I think we need to be ready to say you know that's actually inconsistent with a profession of faith mm. like we don't we don't need to mince these words and try to find, kind, you know, uh, we just, we want to be so delicate and we want to be so loving. I think we need to say, okay, wait a minute. The Lord has revealed who he is. The Lord has revealed to us right and wrong. Um, We have his eternal word. So we don't have to guess. Like we're not making up morality on the fly, right? Like that's something that we're not doing. Like God did not leave it up to us. To decide morality, what is right and what is wrong, God has already said, and He's made it very clear in His Word. So now we're having these conversations where you've got Christians who are trying to look at the other side, or they're 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 making, and I'm going to make my point with with the current event information as well. They're trying to make statements without making statements, where they leave you just slightly confused. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, even that is problematic to me. But here we go back to Mark. So Jesus is asking the disciples, um, "But who do you say that I am?" Peter. Um, once Jesus says that he's going to go to the cross and he's speaking very, uh, very plainly, Peter rebukes the Lord and, uh, then the Lord rebukes him (laughs) and I'll just continue in verse 33, it says, but turning around and seeing his disciples, uh, he rebuked Peter and said, get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on God's interest, but on man's. That is so key. That is so key. Um, I'll continue. Verse 34. And he summoned the crowd with his disciples and said to them, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what will a man give in exchange for his soul for whoever? Now, verse 38 here. Verse 38, for whoever is ashamed of me and my words and this adulterous and sinful generation, Mm -hmm. the son of man will also be ashamed of him when he comes in the glory of his father Mm. with the holy angels. It's amazing. You, You know, you could read that. And in the culture that we live in, we could compartmentalize that discourse. Like we could pick out the pieces and and kind of make the, uh, each piece kind of self contained. But this is one continuous thought here, right? So it it's almost like if you will compromise. On who Jesus is, right? There is a statement that Jesus is making about the reason for your compromise, mm. and it seems that you're ashamed of him, yeah. or it seems that you love your life and you are trying to save your life. Mm-hmm. And so, what does this look like in a current context, right? It looks like, well, I'm not going to come out and and make that statement because that that is like that's a hard statement, right? John chapter six is a mm-hmm. hard truth. Who can bear it? Right. So so when you come out and you make these statements where you say that no life has value, life should be protected. The taking of innocent life is condemned in scripture. Mm -hmm. uh, That seems a little bit too narrow. We're not going to we're not going to do that. So what you might see in in some contexts is you might see people just kind of stay quiet. They might not say anything. Right. Right. And, (laughs) and, and, And you go over, you lean in because you're like, That's odd. I hear crickets chirping over here.
0: And the thing is, they've said a lot about other things.
1: A lot. A lot. lot. And and usually, (laughs) and and tell me this, have you noticed, I say, I say, have you noticed that the lot that is said Mm -hmm. is usually copious amounts of what is already culturally acceptable? Yes. Boom. Like it's, it's always, you can't find the period. Like you can't Mm -hmm. find the stop, you know, Mm -hmm. when it's what the culture has already approved of. Like once the culture has said, hey, okay, the captain has turned off the seatbelt sign. You're now free to move about the cabin. Then everybody talks about those issues, right? Mm -hmm. So this is going to be like your social justice, right? This is going to be like your, you know, elevating voices. This Mm -hmm. is going to be your creating spaces. This is going to be hints at privilege. Even among those who won't come out and fully accept things like CRT, they're going to hint at it. They're going to, you're going to hear talk of it, the whisperings of it. Why? Because it's popular. And it's culturally normative and it's easy to have those discussions. But when you get to, to the discussions that are exclusive right, to the discussions that unapologetically uplift Christ mm-hmm. and say there is a standard of holiness and God judges sin. There are eternal consequences for sin and rebellion against God. Those you're going to get into the realm where, you know, you're probably not going to get a whole lot of talk. And, and, and it
0: seems like there's a big issue and I don't know why that's but like with black and white like issues like this is what is and this is what is not. You know, and you like, don't
1: mean ethnicity when you say no, black I, and no, white I issues. Mean. I, <laughs> just I, just, I, I mean, mean, I knew I understood.
0: <laughs> but black and white issues like <laughs> where things are clearly laid out that this is what the Lord is saying. Yeah. It seemed to be, you know, like this move towards everything is nuanced. Everything, mm-hmm. is not, oh, I, everything is
1: not man. Everything is not nuanced used to be an OK word in my book. But <laughs> now I just hate it because everything is nuanced in these people's like man. world. Everything requires a conversation. You know, there was one pastor who stepped down in shame, um, you know, uh, who famously was like asked about abortion and went into. Well, first, I'm going to ask the person's name. <laughs> I'm going to sit down and have a conversation with that person before I start talking to her about abortion. I'm going to first I need I need to know what what what's the person's. And, and he thought he was being so clever. Mm-hmm. Right. O- on a national stage, so to speak, he thought he was being so clever <laughs> and so like responsive in 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 that, you know, like, oh, yeah, I got it. This is going to really get him like I'm I'm showing how much I love people versus what the truth that you espouse. Mm. Is that is that what we're to take from that? And then my question is, so like once you get a name, hey, I'm Miki, does that change what God says about life? Like, Does that somehow make it different? And then maybe even once you get my background, you learn my story. Maybe does it does it change something that I grew up fatherless? You say, well, hey, you know, maybe it's OK for you to abort a child <laughs> or, or maybe it's OK for you to do what whatever it is. See, the thing is that God has really fixed his word. Mm-hmm. He has set his word. And so, all of the contortions that we do to try to make it fit into a modern cultural context really is quite embarrassing. It's quite embarrassing. Mm-hmm. So, for example, thanks to Will the Great, um, we've got—is um, he still officially a pastor in the I SBC? I believe so.
0: Dwight well, McKissick.
1: I, I believe this is, a, he is okay. So, this is a statement that is a non-statement, but that is a statement. Mm-hmm. All right. So, here is his tweet: The SBC will speak out against abortion. And homosexuality all day. A certain segment will speak out against women preachers. When it comes to police brutality, it's usually crickets. George Floyd was an exception. Unspoken message is black lives don't matter. Now, here's my spoken message. Here's my question. Why is that a necessary tweet in the wake of Roe?
0: Right.
1: Like, like, do you see what I'm saying? So that right. becomes like a statement. It's, it's sort of like a... Um,
0: and it it it, 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 it turns it back, in my opinion, it turns it back into what has proven to be, you know, some some of these guys, their God identity. Mm-hmm. It turns mm-hmm. it back to like something about blackness or something about race or something about, Always. you know, it turns it back. We, we're talking about an issue where for, for 50 years, you know, it's been legalized slaughtering of babies. Come on. And you're going to turn it back to like race,
1: you know, right. Right. Because that's the approved position to take.
0: Yeah. Do you understand what I'm
1: saying? Like that's that has already received the seal of approval. It's gotten its paper stamped. Right. And so you can talk about race and you can talk about social justice (laughs) and you can be outraged and you can link those things to scripture. Right. You you can do that Mm. and the culture will accept you. Right. But what you can't do is stand up and say, "Okay, now babies have a chance at life now the the number of babies who will die in this country um has decreased dramatically it's it's amazing that there and and some of these people guys i'm just going to tell you straight up and and look i know that we're trained as christians um <clears throat> We're trained to say, well, you know, we can't judge. We don't know. And and so we just really can't say. But you know what? If the scriptures say that you'll know them by their fruit at some point when you start sniffing around, <laughs> like if stuff's sour, you know what I'm saying? Right. And if there's a little bit of green on it, like, I, you know, I am not, I don't, I don't have like a, you know, I don't plant a garden or anything like that. I hope <laughs> to do that one day. I don't know how to do it now. Um, I'm willing to learn. But, you know, I don't need to be a gardener that when I look at my countertop and And I've got like some some limes that start kind of like you know looking all mm-hmm. like, and you're like that's kind that's not right mm. right I, so what am what am I saying i'm well i'm I'm making a judgment actually, right. I'm yeah. making an assessment that you know this fruit's bad, yeah. this fruit's bad, yeah. and I think there's some people out here who are wearing the name Christian that really man, just based on their actions, based on the fruit. Okay, Mm. that should be there and isn't or the quality of the so-called fruit Mm -hmm. that they would believe themselves to be producing. Some of us are just going to have to say, "Mm, looks questionable to me. Right. And not even blink about that. Like, I'm (laughs) tired of us being at the place where we're just like, I don't know, maybe like, you know, like squint, look at it in the light. Yeah, I see Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you—you you know how when you're trying to like get a person to think that a, somebody they favor this person, mm-hmm. and you don't see it, but you feel so pressured to see it. You're like, it's—it's it's the kids with the parent. It's like, oh, I think he looks like me. Don't you see it? And you're like, if you look Ayee. real quick.
0: Just look, look real quick, and then turn. Look again, and then look away.
1: Look again, and look. oh, yeah. Now when you do that, and I close my eyes. When I close my eyes, I see it that's what we're doing with Christians a lot these days. Those who are calling themselves Christians. We're like, yeah, you know, so for example, you've got a person like Jen Hatmaker, Jen Hatmaker went um, away from the church years ago. Mm -hmm. She had a quick Rise, And this is what happens when you start celebrating people and they start writing multiple books and they have this huge platform and people start to love them. And Jen Hatmaker had this right. She had this quick rise. And then in 2016, she came out and she was all affirming of LGBTQ communities and she's giving out hugs and she's being people's mamas and all of this stuff. And then it's amazing because whenever like, you know, whenever you start to embrace what is socially and culturally normative, and acceptable whenever you start to embrace that you got to eat everything that's in the soup Hmm. right you got to eat everything (laughs) that's in the soup and and you'll find that this is what happens with christians they start with a liberal lean in one particular area Mm -hmm. but as soon as the culture observes that weakness they're like well (laughs) <laughs> Get over here! <laughs> Get over here! <laughs> They're like, oh, come on! You gay Christianity, you don't act on it. But what about the transgender people? You have to make space for them. Mm-hmm. Are you gonna? At what point are you gonna discriminate? Because you, so you said you 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 agree that it's wrong.
0: I mean, it's wrong. You're, you're right. There's that pull? And it's like that's it. You know, you'll have folks that's editing it. editing their books. <laughs> you know, oh, to say they, things. they'll be saying they'll
1: be saying, hold on, please, please allow me, please. Can I just they'll be saying things like I overshot scripture by a mile. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. And guys, everybody, you know what I'm talking about. What, what What was she saying? She wrote about the sin of homosexuality mm-hmm. several years ago. I'm talking about Beth Moore. Beth like Moore. OK, safe, sorry, guys. Yeah. OK. And then went back and and edited her book or commented on what was in her book previously and said She, quote, overshot scripture by a mile. (laughs) The only way you can overshoot scripture is if you just refer to it. But when you actually include it in the text, like when you actually like if you actually have it there like (laughs) this. yeah that's actually not overshooting it like that's but, but actually just putting it there and standing on it
0: to your point though you know you have to go all in like you gotta even erase things that was said in the past try to at least I mean, yeah people know it's out there and you gotta try you know you have to take in everything the whole loaf you can't just take and, and it's, it's crazy because that's what that's what happens it's like a progression you know yes. okay i'm starting mm-hmm. here but then you look down the line it like full board. like that's it
1: You know, it's interesting that you use the word uh, "progression" because, I mean, that's that's they are seen (laughs) as progressive uh, Christians. They're they're really not Mm. progressing. They're not progressing in the way, say, you know, they're more mature now.
0: They're showing some more maturity.
1: Here's Jen Hatmaker talking. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, thank you for that. I appreciate (laughs) it. Um, So here's Jen Hatmaker uh, talking about Roe. Words fail me today, sisters. Please let me say that women matter. You matter. We matter. We don't let a tiny ruling minority tell us differently. Wow. Hold this deeply in your heart. We belong to one another. We are in this together. We have each other's backs here. Your daughters are my daughters. And agency is our shared treasure. Agency is our shared treasure. Hmm. It's interesting because well, let me let me finish her comments here. Okay, we are strong and powerful individually, but certainly together, which is why we are a threat to power. Even if our government hates us, we will love each other, and our love is a force. Mm. <laughs> she posted this on her Facebook page in the wake of Rome and then turned off the comments or, or didn't didn't allow for comments because <laughs> she said that w- women's rights are not up for debate on my page. Uh,
0: you're scared. <laughs> why are you running though? Back. Like, why are you running?
1: Like, <laughs> let people talk. Let the people talk. But see, this has been a decline. In 2016, LGBTQ. Then her daughter came out and said that she was gay. Then you looked around again. And then she's divorcing her husband that she was married to for 27 years. And so what happens? You see this start to crumble because when the culture grabs you, right, and you're enamored by the fact that they know your name, now you've got to sing all of their songs. Mm. You don't get to pick the songs you like. They're, this is the backdrop of our movement mm. and you got to stand in front of that. Alright, Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio, the pastor's blog. We'll read that when we get back. Stay close. From the day that we
0: conceived until Time on the that moves on It slips through your it's gone, welcome to the time zone. From the day that we're conceived until time on the lingers then moves on. It slips through your fingers, then it's gone. Welcome to the time zone. They cut my umbilical cord. I know that after
1: my board. departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Mm. And from among your own selves, men will arise speaking perverse things. To draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be on the alert, remembering that night and day for a period of three years, I did not cease to admonish each one with tears. Hmm. Uh, The Apostle Paul speaking to the Ephesian elders and putting them on high alert that they should that they should be ready. Yeah. That from among them will come those who will depart from truth and will try to take others (laughs) with them.
0: Still the same today.
1: I mean, here we are. Here we are, guys. And and so mm-hmm. so if we're on alert, that means that we don't have this passive like, mm, I don't know, that's okay, right? That's got to be okay. Look, let me tell you something. If your if your if your meter or your measuring stick for what is okay is dependent on the person that it comes from, then you got the wrong measuring stick. Mm. Like if you're like, "Well, I like that person. That person's that person is a good teacher." And you're like, so that's got to be right that they said that, right? Go or ahead. that he or she said that, that that person is a good, like, you know, analyst. That's got to be right that, that he or she said that. No, that's not your measuring stick. Right. You're using the straight edge of scripture. That's right. You're going back to the word of God. I don't, I don't care how much you like a person. If the person says something that conflicts with scripture and one must go, it's that person.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Th- that's it. We play this game with our kids. One must go. We make them choose, you know. <laughs> but always the word of God gets to stay.
0: And even if the person is solid, you know, the Bereans show us that they're gonna still check, you Go know, check it out. They check, Go Paul. check it out. I mean, see if these, these things are true. We, <laughs> you
1: teach, know? we teach our kids we have a we have a rule of thumb and 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 they uh will often present it because if they use scripture like when they have to they have to write for us from time to time, they're writing assignments, if they include um a scriptural reference in there, um, you know, they recognize that I'm going to want to know, did you (laughs) did you get the whole context and how you use that verse? Did you go to a verse or two above and a verse or two below? They know that when we're listening to someone teach and there's a scripture that is used there, they're usually going to read a verse above it and a verse below it, unless the teacher gives adequate context so that you understand how that's used. Why? It's not that we just don't trust people, but it's because, man, God's word is sufficient. Amen. So so we want to know if what is being used, is it being used in the proper context? You don't just take a verse and just make that verse fit your need. You see if that verse fits your need. Does this verse fit my need? You don't mm. contort the scriptures. <laughs> All right. Um, so here we go. So the fierce wolves from among us. Um, I I, I have said this um, for a long time now. I think this is our first my first presentation was about. Um, the church and looking at church history and looking at the attempts of the enemy to thwart the plan of God and the expansion of his church and how the gates of hell have not prevailed against the church. And I have said since then that the greatest threat to the church and the proliferation of the gospel is not from outside. It's from within Mm -hmm. it's from among us. And this is why the warning is so great from the apostle Peter, from the apostle John. This is why you read the scriptures guys, read the word, read the word, read the word. We are living in a time where you do not have an option to get the Cliffs notes. Remember Cliff's Notes in high school? You, that's not an option for us. We, we've got to know the word. We've got to be fortified in our faith. There's a lot of stuff that's being thrown at us. And guys, a lot of it is trash, right? And so we've got to be recalibrated by the word of God. Okay, so here is this pastor um, from North Carolina. He wrote an apology. This is, this is the name of it. An apology or the title of it. An apology to my daughter. An apology to my daughter. All right. And I'll open the phone lines up because if I get on the other side of this or if Willie Great tells me that calls are ready to go, then I'll just stop because you'll get the gist of it pretty early on. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. But who do you say that I am is the question. All right. Um, He wrote an apology to his daughter and and I'm just going to read it for you. My dear daughter, I've been thinking about you ever since the news a few days ago. Every time I try to find the words to talk about this to you, they jumble all together, swelling up and getting stuck in my throat. By the way, he's talking about the overturn of Roe. Tears quickly well up in my eyes and all I can manage is a barely audible. I'm sorry. (laughs) I am. I am so very sorry. I'm sorry for America. I'm sorry it has failed you. Let me pause for a second. I just want to remind you, if you're just joining me, joining us, what I am reading is from a pastor. OK, I've lived all my life believing in this country, believing that we would never go backwards, only forwards. I believe that there were enough good people here to prevent the terribly ugly things of our past from become becoming our terrifying present. I rested in the trust I had in the greater collective humanity here being enough. I had faith in the center holding and in our better understanding. I'm sorry, I had faith in the center holding and in our better angels prevailing. (laughs) First of all, (laughs) I'm sorry, guys, just y'all can call in. You can stop me if you want. Um, Where in scripture does it have us to have faith in better angels prevailing? What kind of new age mumbo jumbo have a nice Mm -hmm. day is that? Like, do you understand? Like, yeah. this is this is what we live in. We live in the yeah. have a nice day age. You won't find that. <laughs> okay. He goes on. I was wrong. When your mother and I chose to bring you into this world, we never dreamed that you would spend a second of your life without the elemental freedoms over your body, over your decisions, over the care you receive from doctors. And again, hook, line, sinker, care. Like, th- this abortion... Is not care. Right. I, I mean, I I just
0: <laughs> Yeah.
1: All right. I'll I'll read a little bit more and then and then I'll I'll go to the phone lines here. Okay. We knew you would face the challenges of living in a nation that still offered so much resistance to your progress, so much caustic messages about your self worth, so much opposition to your full equality. Both this, I'm sorry, but this, this was unthinkable opposition to your full equality. I already, I already gave you guys my position on that yesterday, right? The, the, the <laughs> equality, like now women do not have equal rights to men. Your question should automatically be the equal right to do what though? Like, what are we talking about here? What what are we talking about? Are we talking about men have the right to murder with impunity and women don't? This is, this is, this is the question. This is the conversation yeah. that we're having. All right, let's go to the phone lines. <laughs> Uh, I think we'll put a link uh, to this this article. If people can stomach it, you can read it when you get the podcast. 888-589-8840. Will the Great, where do we go?
0: All right, let's go to Avery in Arkansas. Hi, Avery.
3: Hey, what's going on, Addison? Hello. Uh, first All and right. foremost. <laughs> yeah, I want to just say I appreciate you guys' ministry, first and foremost, uh, spe- uh, specifically for the younger demographic people. Your message just resonates to us. And uh, it just, you know, I appreciate your boldness and you guys just preaching the word, first and foremost. Um, secondly, mm-hmm. I want to address the issue with, the, with people in the church that are, uh, before they say anything about the abortion, they're, they're more reprimanding believers for their viewpoint, as if it's a viewpoint we created ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is God's viewpoint. God, mm-hmm. is, God is pro-life. And we should be using our energy to support one another, especially within the same message, instead of going against one another and and treating it as if we're we're something abnormal.
1: Mm. Mm. Avery, that is an excellent point. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, that is so well stated. And and I think that that is the right position of believers in our culture today. We have to be able to say, well, not able, because we are able to say it. We have to be willing to say, hey, this is not my position. I didn't establish this as a position. This is not something that I have said. I am on the side of the Lord. This is what the Lord has said. This is what the Lord has established. And I think when we take those positions, we are emboldened mm. to speak out into our culture. Avery, thank you so much for calling. And thank you for your encouragement. It really means more than you know. Will the Great, where do we go next?
0: All right, let's go to Kevin in North Carolina. Hi, Kevin.
4: Hey, Addison. How are you?
0: Doing Hello.
1: Good. Uh, I, I
4: just want to me on... Roe and, and some other things and some things that you just read, if you don't mind. Go right First ahead. First of all, he's talking about the church collapsing uh, from within, you know, because of people penetrating it. And that's the way it is in our country. That's mm-hmm. where our government's going also. Mm-hmm. And as far as Roe being gone, thank God Roe's gone. <laughs> that is some of the most damaging rulings in the the history of the land. Mm. When you go to killing your babies, that's when your country goes, your people go. Uh, Christianity is about the love of Jesus Christ, not about killing babies. Mm. And uh, they talk about uh, homosexuals and transgenders and all this stuff. You know, that's just another plot of the governments and and all these people saying, hey, you know, we don't want no more kids, so let's get you all— to go this way and you can't produce children. And, and while we're at it, let's just kill some kids.
1: Listen, Kevin, mm. can I can I comment on that just real quick? Because I, I actually have been given some thought to that, not so much from the government side, because I'm going to tell you, man, our great threat is inside our homes right now. Like you've mm. got parents who are allowing their kids to declare, quote, unquote, who they are or what they are. I mean, you've got this. I I often joke about this, but it's just true. Generation Z, man, these, these kids are sitting at your table still. And they're Mm. talking about what their preferred pronouns are, but what you also have, and you touched on this just briefly here, you have an entire, if it goes unabated, you have an entire generation that is cutting off its ability to reproduce. Mm. Listen, we have seen this whole transgender phenomenon just (laughs) skyrocket in our nation, in the world, but in our nation in particular and in particular among girls. And this is startling where you've got parents who don't understand where this all ends up. You you've got irreparable damage that's being done to our children. And you've got a government that, yes, is pushing and celebrating it, but they can't push past your door unless you let them. That's
0: right. That's right.
1: Now just think about that for a second. All right, Well, We'll great. Where do we go? All
0: right. Let's go to Vinny in Louisiana. Hi, right, Vinny. Hey
5: guys. How y'all doing? Doing Hello. good. I just want to say, I appreciate you guys ministry so much. Uh, man, I- I'm not a super long time listener, but long enough. And I really appreciate you guys very much. Praise God. God bless you. Um, so let me just say, you, you want to know, uh, Who do you say that I am? Jesus has made very clear who he is. He's the Alpha, the Omega. He's the firstborn of all creation. He is the Lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world. He calls us to repentance. He doesn't come to uh, add to our lives, to, quote-unquote, have victory over our finances or give us health. He comes to give us new life. He -hmm. comes to make us born again. He comes to Mm -hmm. reconcile us to the Father. Mm -hmm. There is no ambiguity there. There's no gray area. Come on, and if we are going to say that we're putting our faith in Christ, and that means by default we reject the world, we reject its ideologies, we reject its philosophies because they're lies. Mm. They're lies controlled by the, controlled as much as he has been given control, controlled by the prince of darkness at this time.
1: So mm. Man, Vinny, listen, you know, the kind of church I grew up in, um, there are <laughs> that, some points that that you Organ. you would have gotten an organ. OK, yeah, you know. and I'm not talking about a donation. I'm talking you would have
0: got to break out you, the organ.
1: You would have gotten some notes <laughs> played on somebody's keyboard somewhere just to tell you keep preaching just a little bit. And I'm going to tell you, in the kind of church I grew up in, you know, truth, they would say it's tight, but it's right. Hmm. You had, you had pastors who would, who would preach through several sweat towels, telling the truth about sin and about redemption and about the opportunity you have if you come to Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And now, man, you'd be hard pressed to find anyone who's willing to upset people.
0: That's true.
1: And I, anyway, that's, that's old school. I grew up in a kind of church where you could fall out the window. You could go to sleep and fall. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. Sort of. All right. Well, the great, where do we go next?
0: All right. Let's go to James in Mississippi. Hi, James.
4: Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing good. Hello. Look, look, I ain't got a bunch of a sermon for you, but I just, about the pastor that wrote the letter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you read that, I was I was thinking, I, it's unbelievable yeah. mm. that a pastor would even think that way, much less write it down and give it to his daughter. It Come blows on. my mind. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yes. Yes amazing
1: it becomes it becomes brother james it becomes an indication of really where we are and and i would tell you mm. um this man based on what i've seen on his website has so departed from the truth right the only reason that i communicate to our listening audience his title is to make the point that i began with that it matters what we who wear the name of Christ say about who Christ is. Yeah. Uh, let's try to squeeze in one more call. Will the Great, where do we go?
0: All right, let's go to Alan in Louisiana. Hi, Alan.
2: God's blessings to you all. Praise God. God. You. Uh, you know, I wanted to just comment on this, on this one particular thing. Uh, the, there's been, uh, people been drinking the water of deception for a long time. Mm-hmm. And the things that we're seeing that's manifesting in, 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 in culture, government, in the church, out the church, is this contorting because there's bitterness that this water has been producing over the last 50 years or more. And what we're seeing also is that they even doing when when, when um, uh, the children was in the wilderness, Moses had to he had to God had to instruct him to what to put in the water. To change the water from bitter to sweet.
1: Mm.
2: And this is the this is the part we play. Glory to God. This is the part we play. Oh, taste of the Lord and see that he's good. Mm. Amen. Amen. He's good. He's good. The things that have been happening over these years, uh, 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 the Bible says, don't be conformed to the world, but be ye transformed.
1: Amen. We got to leave it right there, Brother Allen. God bless you. Until tomorrow, Lord willing.
0: God bless.